welcome to the Mum Style Business Podcast. I'm your host, Annalise Warren, a marketing agency CEO, business strategist, digital marketing mentor, wife, and mama of four little ones. Now here, we combine ambition and motherhood and well-being, and we help you leverage the skills you already have to build a flexible business that gets you both the income and the freedom that you started it to achieve. Stay tuned for conversations with inspirational and successful women in business, as well as practical marketing strategies and tips that you can action right away. So let's get into it. Hello, Jessica. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Annalise. Happy to be here. I'm so excited to dig into this topic because the people listening to this are either have either sworn off hiring altogether because they've, you know, experienced being a manager in a past life and, or they are totally burnt out, hanging out for someone to take all the things away from them, but they have no idea how to even look at hiring. Um, So I'd really love to talk about all of that with you would you the audience have heard your official bio would you like to maybe give the you version of that and introduce yourself a little yeah I'd be happy to so um my name's Jessica Pierce and um I run two businesses and one of them is a nonprofit organization uh based in the United States and we focus on helping people land great jobs and so we do um work with hundreds and hundreds of employers um, and helping them in their hiring initiatives. And then also on the candidate side, getting job seekers and candidates prepared and ready to um, find jobs and look for jobs. And so we launched in 2009 and um, we've served just over about 46,000 people since we launched. And that nonprofit is called Career Connectors. We run um, events every month uh, where we have keynote speakers and um, various different things to help people. And so then at the same time I was launching Career Connectors, I also launched my other business, which is a hiring and staffing firm specifically for uh, ministry and churches. And so those are the two organizations I run and um, I love it. I just really feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. So good and so needed because this is really expensive to get wrong and really like we're dealing with it's it's really heart-wrenching because we're dealing with people and we bring people into our business and it can go wrong really easily so what are some of the things that you see people doing wrong what are the main things that you think people need to look out for well there's kind of three main areas when you're looking to hire um one is competency do they have the right skill set right? And most people focus on that primarily, Um, just focus on the skill set. So that's one competency. The other one I call a character match. And that is basically, you know, behaviorally, um, do they match your organization? Do they bring the right kind of traits and behavior style to your team? So that's behavior, character, and then uh, chemistry. That's, you know, when you meet them, do you like them? <laughs> you know, there's a, I think people realize, don't realize how important the likability factor is in hiring. Because if somebody leaves an interview and you're just like, oh, I'm not sure, then that's your gut saying no. Because even if they have all the skill sets, even if they have the right character traits, if 
the people we work with, we spend more time with than we, our families, as most of us know. And so it has to have that likability factor there. And so the three of those combined together, if you, if you hire based on uh, competency, character, and chemistry, then that's when you'll find the right culture fit. And that's how you find the right people for your organization. And when you hire that person and create that job offer and they accept, you know that you have somebody that is going to fulfill the need in your organization. I'm not saying it's easy to find, but it's worth the time and energy to spend on getting to know those three things. Um, but so I, I think that's a big error that people will hire either based on one of those and not all three. Um, or they're just like, Hey, I know this person, I like them and they hire them without vetting them fully. Um, and so that's another big error, but the, uh, the other big, big error that people, um, I see all the time is when they're going to hire, they haven't really truly clarified what the job is. And I, you know, a lot of people on this call or uh, that see this later, I, I imagine you've either landed a job before or maybe some, one of your employees has landed a job before and the job that you start is nothing like it was pitched during the interview process. And so being super clear on what that job is um, and, and knowing so that you can be super clear with the people you're interviewing. So those are a couple of the big mistakes I see. Okay. So with that one, because that's what I was going to say, how do you know that they're competent? Because I feel like sometimes you're like, oh, I'm doing all of these things and I'm good at them. Which ones do I actually hand off? And which, how do you, how do you encourage your clients to flesh that out? Yeah. And I think, you know, when, if you're a small business, the hardest hire you will ever make is your first hire. And that first hire is because one, you're giving up a significant portion of possibly your income, right? And it has to be worth your time. But as a business owner, you have to really think, okay, what am I good at? What are my giftings as the owner or the, the CEO of this organization? And once you like really focus, um, you can either look at it that way or look at it like, what are the things I hate to do? <laughs> like, like sit there and I don't get to because they drive me crazy and I procrastinate. Like, what are those things? Well, there are other people gifted in those things. And so you, your first hire should be the stuff you're not good at or that you're not excited about. And so write all of those down. I remember my first hire I ever made for my organization was a detailed person. Like I am a vision person, right? I, I, I can set the vision. I can also implement, but the details of all of it, and we run events. So details are super, super important. And so the first person I hired, it was basically a list of details. And I was, when I brought her on, I, even though it was an investment and it was a little bit of a risk, um, after the first month, I was like, what would I do without her? <laughs> because now I handed all that off and I was free to go do what I'm gifted to do. And so really that first hire is the really, really the hardest one. And then once you make that hire, then the ones after that are like, yes, we got it. We need this person. Yes, we need this person. And you can bring them on more easily, but it's really defining what you need 
and what the importance is. Because once you free your time of that, you'll be astonished at what you can get done and things that are actually your gifting. It's so amazing. I remember how much I procrastinated hiring that. And I was like, oh, but full time, but I can't afford it, but I'm not going to be earning enough. I'm like, ah. <laughs> totally. And, you know, even recently, even recently, I um, just for my home and because I run a couple businesses, I have a family, I hired a, an assistant at my home. Now that sounds like a crazy, ridiculous idea. And only you only do that if you're ultra wealthy, right? <laughs> but I hired her. She comes, you know, 10, 15 hours a week. And I cannot tell you what she's freed up for me to do. And being able to like even pick up my kids if they're calling me during the middle of the day, which they do all the time in the middle of meetings and I can't focus. And so just having her and she's, she's a phenomenal, I, I mean, that again was an investment of my business and my personal time. I was able to hand off to somebody to take care of stuff, but it's always that first hire that is yeah. so difficult. Yeah. I think if you, as you step more into that CEO role and you realize what you're worth per hour, but then you're paying yourself that to do the house cleaning Totally. And then like, um, that doesn't actually make sense because you could go and earn that or you could clean your floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's True. a bit, of, it's a bit of a reframe. So, um, okay. So we've decided we needed to, we want to hire somebody. Where do we look? Where is the, yeah. Where do we find this person that we're going to let into our business? Yeah. So if this audience is primarily business owners, especially small business owners, like hiring people, it's you're giving away a part of yourself essentially. So it's somebody you have to trust. Right. So, and I think that's part of the scariness of hiring somebody you're hiring somebody that's really going to affect your business for the good or for the bad. And so this, that, so I get why it's so scary to hire people. Um, the first thing I do, and I recommend all my clients do is after you get super clear on the job description, um, in the responsibilities of the job is to hit up your own personal network. And so sending it out to friends, sending it out to, um, other business owners, colleagues, people you work with clients, you know, anyone within your network that you would essentially trust and send it out and say, Hey, just get the word out. I, you know, do you know anyone I'm getting the word out about this job? Um, that's first, always first, because people that come in through a network, through every referral, I mean, the numbers are astounding at the, um, length of time that a person will stay if they're referred in. I mean, it's upwards of like 70% longer. So they'll stay. Wow. Um, they're more trusted. Uh, there's, um, they also, if they're referred in, just they know they were referred. And so they don't want to let that person down. They do a better job. So the referral thing is huge. So if you can't find out that way, and then you can start to market in more traditional ways through some job boards. Um, I believe you guys, uh, we all have already have access to indeed.com. That's a big one. Um, and then social media, you know, posting on your own social media, what you're looking for. Um, there are also niche kind of job boards and associations. And so let's say you're looking for a finance person, then look in your local community 
for finance associations. And a lot of times they'll have job boards and you can post a job there. Um, they have fi there's finance um, job boards also, and you can post a job on a finance job board um, where as compared to the big ones that are general. And so those are a couple of places that um, people can look. Um, but I usually almost always find my um, ref or find my candidates through net my network. And I use LinkedIn a lot too. And what would you say about hiring friends and family? Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> that's hard. I mean, I, I've done that as well. And, you know, it can go either way. Um, my recommendation typically is don't, that's just, you need to make a decision there. I mean, it's hard. Like if you're running a family business, obviously there's some family you have to do there, family stuff, but more often than not, when I've seen a family member hired, um, in an organization or a small business, um, or a friend, it doesn't end well. And so I learned that the hard way with my very first business that I launched. And um, uh, she was an investor in my business and she didn't like the way I was running the business. And then especially when the market shifted, I, I did some things differently to adjust. She didn't like that, but she also didn't know the industry and so didn't understand it. And it was not good. You know, we, we parted ways, we closed the business and separated the revenue um, and it just didn't end well. And um, it wasn't her fault. It wasn't my fault. It was just, it, we couldn't understand each other. And so that was a friend. But when I see family come into businesses um, or get hired, it's just really difficult because you as the CEO, as the owner have to look out for the business. And so you need to be able to make uh, decisions based on business needs and revenue and you know, where you are as business. And that's really difficult if you have your daughter or your husband or, you know, somebody in the family, when you're saying revenue is not good, we have to make some changes. Um, it, it's difficult. It, it, it's like, I've seen people run their businesses into the ground just because they were trying to keep the peace with their family. So very difficult. My, my hard line is no, <laughs> but there are some exceptions, especially if you're running a family business. I uh, no, I, I'm glad you said that because yeah, I've, I tried as well. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't end terribly. Um, but it was definitely a lot of uncomfortable conversations and yeah, trying to fit people in where they're actually like square peg round hole kind it of is. scenario where I'm going, I'm trying to like give you these hours. There's not really those hours, like, you know, trying to accommodate, like you said, the person, rather than the business. And so, uh, you know, uh, Annalise, that's a really good point. Um, because sometimes we, if somebody's struggling in our family or somebody needs a job and we really want to help them because we have the capability to, but if we hire them and they're not the fit, they don't fit competency, um, character, chemistry wise, any of those, um, it's not going to go great and it's not going to be helpful for your business. And so it, maybe it's a, maybe it's a short contract just to help you get through something or help them get through something that might be a little different, but actually hiring them on as an employee, man, that would be hard because then you'd struggle with them the whole time they worked for you. Yeah. And it's going to be dragging your focus so that you're not 
you know, moving forward and growing. And so, yes. Okay. I'm glad we addressed that one because it can be really tempting to be like, sure. And I still do have family members be like, so have you got my job? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. no, I actually don't. I can refer you on. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. So let's talk about the, the character side of things. How do you really know? How do you how do you encourage your clients to dig into this area? Because if you've got a stranger that walks into the interview room and you've just had a, a cover letter and a, and a resume, it's yeah. not a whole lot of info. How do we, how do we do that? Yeah. So one of the things we do, um, we use an assessment to help us, but you know, there's a ton of assessments out there. Um, and you have to be careful on the legalities because you can't hire somebody based on assessment results, behavioral assessment results. But if you take an assessment ahead of time and it will tell you kind of the type of person you're looking for, you know, do you need somebody entrepreneurial or detail oriented or relational or task oriented? You know, it'll kind of give you some guidelines and then they can also take a, an assessment to see if it matches those behaviors. So that's one way. That's a I like that way because it's not opinion based, right? So it's like, here's what we said the job needs and here, and then this person is or is not this type of person. And if they're missing some things from the initial job assessment, you can ask them about it. Like, hey, we're looking for somebody who, um, you know, is obviously outgoing and wants to speak in front of people. But the way your assessment came back, it says you're more, um, you're more reserved. Can you tell me about that? And so then they have the chance to explain um, it, you know, why they might be a match or then they may talk themselves out of it. They might. And I've seen this happen. We're like, oh, I'm not I don't really like to talk in front of people that much. <laughs> so, you know, then it's like, well, maybe you're not a fit for this particular position. So that's one way. Another way is whoever you decide is on the hiring team. And I, I always recommend have a team. Even if you're the only owner, if you, if there's only one person in your business and you're hiring your first person, bring in someone else to help you interview. Do not do it alone. This could be maybe some, um, somebody that helps you out occasionally or somebody who kind of understands your business, a good friend who understands what you need, a client you've worked with, but somebody bring somebody else in to interview and they can do it with you or they can do it alone. And so, for example, we just hired a new person on our team and we taught my hiring team talked about ahead of time, the type of person we needed. So for us, it was like, well, they're going to be running events. So obviously detail oriented, but not just detail oriented because they needed to be super engaging and relational because they'll be talking to vendors and clients and keynote speakers. And, you know, so they need to in hiring companies. So they need to be able to be super engaging and kind, but also set boundaries because they need to hit deadlines. And so we really identified what those behaviors look like. But then because of who our team is, we're really, this team that we have right now is pretty small for this one organization. And so we said, well, we have to have somebody that's like high energy also that is flexible um, can that can work from home and we don't have to micromanage them. They can just go off and get their stuff done. Uh, so we identified those behaviors ahead of the interview process so that when we interviewed them, we knew exactly the type of person we were going after. In fact, we had one candidate that we 
competency wise off the chart. Like he would have led the way when it came to the kind of events we run, but we were all just like, Hmm, we, he, he's really low energy. Um, and he's really seems reserved, which you would think running logistics for an event, just pulling logistics together would be okay. But just something was off in our gut with that. And so we decided to say no, even though he was a phenomenal candidate. And it was the next week we found the gal we hired and we were all like, yes, she's exactly what we were looking for. So you have to be willing to, you know, be patient on that, but really identifying it ahead of time, knowing what you're looking for and not trying to fit, you said it, fit that, you know, uh, uh, square peg in a circle, whatever that is. Yeah, around the <laughs> when you go to say it, you know what you're trying to, I, I know, I know what you know what I mean, right? <laughs> in a round hole, square peg in a round hole. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So that's how you identify that. So good. I don't think I've ever really dug into that before. Um, I think it hasn't been articulated that yeah, well. I think, so. you know, what happens is people know that a job needs to get done, right? So you as a marketing professional, you know, you need a graphic designer or you need, you know, a copywriter, like, you know, the, the things you need done. And so do all of us business owners. We can pretty much say, this is what we need done. We need to hire somebody for this job, but we forget and we neglect the behavior side of it. The oh, are they actually going to do what I, not just do the function, but like uh, engage with people the way we need them? Are they going to represent our organization the way we want them to? Uh, those type of things. So we really have to hire based on all three and not just the, the, act, the activity that they're going to be doing. Yeah. Thanks so much for um, putting a really good framework around that for us. It's really helpful. Yeah, thanks. Um, okay. So once we have decided on that person, we've, we've put that framework together, we we've hired, how important is that first kind of, you know, next period when they're actually, when they, we, we let them in. Yeah. Um, you know, the first couple of weeks are so important. One of the things and I, I've read a lot of books about this, but it's really the way I recommend all of my clients hire, um, hire slow and fire quickly. And of course, I'm not saying, you know, bring someone in and fire them. Like, don't, that's not the brain I'm, I'm sitting in. But if you have somebody and in the first couple of months, they are just not a match for whatever reason you missed it on the interview and you've had multiple conversations with them, then, you know, there needs to come a point before they start to really affect the organization in a dramatically um, negative way that you do let them go um, after setting boundaries and guidelines and multiple conversations. Uh, but those first couple weeks are so important. Um, it's, it's not just, I mean, some companies, you know, large organizations have full training, new hire employee trainings, right? Now that's typically not uh, really achievable when it comes to small business, right? We, we're busy and we're wearing multiple hats and we need somebody to come in and make an impact immediately. And so it's, you know, bringing that person in 
having um, their technology or whatever ready to go for them because there's nothing worse than having somebody start and not being able to do anything. So having that stuff ready to go for them and then, um, you know, having them sit with you, work side by side um, with you for those couple weeks. And that's kind of the hands-on training, right? So you show them, then um, they, then they show you, 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 know, you, sh- you work together all, for example, we have our, um, our new event director that's coming in is she'll be in on Monday. She starts Monday and the next day we have an event. So she will be sitting in on that event and watching everything we do. And then we have another event on the 17th and that's the same kind of structured event. She will be primarily doing that event, doing all the logistics, but we will be sitting with her, giving her templates, walking her through the whole thing. And so then by the third event, she should be mostly able to run the whole thing on her own without us there. And so there has to be some handholding. It can't just be, you know, love it over the fence and here you go. There has to be some transition time because you want these people to, you want this hire to be successful and they just can't do it without some guidance and training along the way, even without a formal training program. Uh, So we would expect that, and most business owners would expect that somebody comes in and they start to make an impact pretty quickly. Um, And that would be through some training and guidance along the way. Uh Yeah, I I think I've really learned that you need to show them what good actually looks like. And that I I learned that the hard way, I think. When I was like, yeah, you can do that, right? You've done that before. I, I was the love over the fence kind of girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now I'm very smart. It kind of, I mean, there are points where um, I've hired someone and I'm like, I literally have no idea how to do this, which is why I've hired you. So, you know, there's, there are pieces of that, right? Um, the last event director I had, there were components of like when we went virtual, I had no idea how to do any of that. And I am like, you've got to go figure that out. But she was already on our staff and was doing stuff. And I knew I could trust her. And so she just took it on and, you know, did it way better than I could have ever done it. And so, but new people, they need, they need time to understand the culture. They need time to understand like how long of a, you know, a leash for lack of a better word that you give, you know, some of us are, um, I, uh, we encourage people to take risks. So sometimes there are mistakes that go with that. And I'm okay with that. Um, I'm in an industry that can be okay with that. Uh, but some aren't. Some are high compliance industries. Um, and, you, you know, if there's lots of mistakes, then the, you know, the clients are upset. So you have to really understand um, what, what your needs are and, you know, how much kind of slack they can have. Um, we've done things where, when the, the new person is on their own, then when they get done with a project or they're in the middle, they'll do checkpoints with me. Um, we'll review stuff together until um, we get to a place where, okay, it looks great. You don't need me, you know, fo- following those checkpoints anymore. So you really have to understand the person coming in and what your needs are as a company. Oh, good. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, you are welcome. I appreciate your time. 
I appreciate your time. So, so, so valuable, so much wisdom to share and such an important area to get right. Um, well, thank you so much for, for taking the time to spend with us. Um, I will put all of the details there on how people can, can connect on LinkedIn. Um, that, that's the best place. Oh, that's great. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a really great rest of your day. Thank you. Good to see you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mum Style Business Podcast. Two things you should know. First, come and join the party. I'm live with free marketing training inside the Social Marketing Method Facebook group every single week. This is where you can ask questions and get the answers that you need to simplify your strategy and amplify your income. Go to AnnaliseWarn.com forward slash group and join and network there with incredible women, an incredible community of like-minded business owners. Now, second, if you have got any value from this episode, please, please, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and share it out on your socials. Your support helps us to reach more women in business and inspire them to increase our impact in the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will see you next week.